Blog Talk Radio. I almost missed my own timeline here. I see that we're running around like a chicken with our head cut off on a Wednesday morning at 10.30. I'm literally just packing up my kids to go bye-bye with their dad, and I am just about to start my interview with Brittany Hebert. I'm very excited about this because we've had to postpone this more than one time. So um, I want to start off by saying thanks so much to, I want to say it's Renee. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it, Renee or Rennie. I'm, I'm really sorry. In any case, um, FYI, thanks so much to you, Renee, about setting this up because obviously we wouldn't be here today without you. A couple quick reminders to everybody about the rest of the week. Obviously, I might have reiterated yesterday, tomorrow at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time, John Urington is going to be coming on. He is, of course, the publisher for a publication called Response Magazine. He'll be coming on the show to talk about the various entities that Response has now moved into, as well as his success as a publisher with that publication. And then, of course, on Friday at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time, we're featuring Marcus Ogden. Marcus obviously happened to be a former NFL player who's now branched out into various other things, including... um, Let's see, we have not only have him as a public speaker as well as an author, but he's also started the Marcus Yeah, his own foundation, which is a nonprofit, of course, that does three different things. He helps to promote other individuals by not only networking, but learning to increase and improve upon communication, as well as uh, putting together various, I should say, spearheading and putting together various different uh, individuals in various different fields, meaning by that the NFL, the NBA, the NCAA, etc. So it's kind of like a conglomeration of all sorts of different sports individuals and sports heads that are coming together to try to help people to better themselves, not only as business people, but also as people in general. So I'm very excited about that. That's going to be Friday at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time. A couple quick reminders here. I started off the event page for Kerwin's comic book. This is a friends-only invitation because we are working with a person to put the actual comic into comic book format. What I wanted to do was ideally to get the comic books into uh, the hands of kids, but the problem with that is it doesn't really look like a comic book. It looks like a book right now. And although Kerwin would probably be happy with that, I guess we'll have to have a further conversation. But in any case, I would support uh, anyone and everyone. I ask all to consider making the contribution of $15, in which case you can purchase your own copy. Um, usually takes about two weeks from the time that you order it to get it shipped to you. Um, I have asked Kerwin to be able to autograph all these copies. So hopefully you can buy 4,500 copies that he can autograph and complain about, but in the long run, we'll have met our goal. Clearly, the point besides getting these to all 50 states is, of course, to uh, raise enough money to be able to fund a clinical trial. And so I'm extremely excited about the prospect of that and even more proud of him. And hopefully, with any like at all, I'll convince my child, my other child, uh, to be able to do something in the comic world. I'm really excited about it. So the only other reminder to everybody before we start with Brittany is that we are going to be holding our uh, Art is Alive Film Festival, my festival. As you all know, you all know the backstory about it, so no need to get into it. But to remind everybody, it's the weekend of September 28th through the 30th. It's going to be at the Producers Club in New York City. And yes, I am going to be opening up one more category to be accepting probably 10 or 12 more films because we can now and because we have uh, the date pushback. So to anybody who's interested, go to the uh, Facebook page, which is Art is Alive Film Festival. You can submit through there. You can also submit through the actual website, which is listed on there as well. So without further ado, we have Brittany on the line. Let's get talking to her and find out about her new ventures with her new nonprofit. Brittany? Hi, guys. How are y'all? Yeah. Hi, Hi Sin. Oh, I am, uh, I'm tired. It's a Wednesday morning, and I've been rustling around with my children, getting them ready to leave. It's so crazy around this house. How are you this morning? 
I'm doing fine, but I'm kind of in a chaotic mode too because between oh. fundraising and um, you know, still working the oil and gas industry, and then we're right. moving into a new house Friday. It's a mm. little crazy. <laughs> oh my God, you poor dear! Now I feel bad. I hope I wasn't rushing you around too much. I'll try not to keep you longer than like 45 minutes mm. to an hour then, because I know what it's like to move and and it's crazy and nuts. And I know totally what you mean. I have a date with my laptop today. I have to, I have to do. Uh, 35, 40 pages of writing today. So it's me and my laptop no. all day and all night, all by myself. <laughs> Yay, in the air conditioning. Okay. Awesome. So We're I good. Have, I'm sitting down I, and ready. So. You are. You're comfortable. Okay. And my kids are actually sitting in here, and they're being so nice and so quiet, and I love them to death. They're just being absolutely awesome. Um, I want to start off because the minute I listen to you, to those that are listening in that don't know, you're originally from Louisiana, and it's no surprise. I can hear you. I can hear it in your voice and in your tone. You're really thickly accented. I'm sure you've heard that before, right? <laughs> I grew up uh, on a small farm south of Lafayette, Louisiana, so it's called okay. Mouton Cove, to be exact. So it's okay. very Cajun. Wow. And now, okay, so obviously – because you're from Louisiana. And second of all, I made a point to mention this when I did a little intro about you. You're a total tomboy. What I find really cool about that is that when you were younger, you were a tomboy. And to me, you seem like you're a totally grown-up tomboy right now, too, which is so funny because if you look at her picture, I said this. You're breathtaking to behold. You're absolutely beautiful. And so you look at this picture of Brittany, and you're like, tomboy? Uh, no, I, I don't even see it. But I, I am I... <laughs> Am I to ascertain that if I were hanging out with Brittany for a weekend, it would be all about getting on a horse and jumping out of a plane and doing all that really cool stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a variety. Um, you know, I'm game for any adventure, but I grew up uh, in the outdoors, and we grew up taking, uh, you know, our farmland and what God gave us on the land and to put it in our bellies. So hunting and fishing <laughs> is definitely a, a big hobby for myself and uh, my family and friends, and so we really enjoy it. We do it whenever we have time to do it, right? Um, but oh, right. it's it's awesome to take fresh speckled trout out of the freezer last night and grill it up, you know, and and throw some vegetables on the side. So that is that is a huge part of my life. That's my personal hobbies. But I do love my high heels and lipstick too. <laughs> <laughs> how funny is that? Okay, so now I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, okay, so how did you learn? Like for instance, you're catching your own food there. So how did you learn to like clean fish and prepare this and all this good jazz? And stuff. I mean, how does that count? I mean, because most of us women, like me, for instance, I can catch a fish, but the minute I need to do anything else with it, I'm like, don't touch me. I'm a typical girl as far as that stuff. So, how did you get in touch with your little tomboy side? I mean, is that just kind of you to begin with, or is that something that maybe is kind of fostered through all the sense of adventure that you have? I think, you know, it's just who who I was to begin with but when you when you grow up in a place like that i mean south louisiana is just a sportsman's paradise and we literally were on a crawfish and rice farm we um also raised lambs we had chickens potbelly pigs so you know mom stayed home with the two kids um dad worked and you know when dad was home we were in the woods or we were fishing and one important lesson that my dad always taught us was that you know you can't just um, harvest the animal or catch the fish and then not know what to do with it, right? I mean, he taught us mm-hmm. how to clean the fish and he taught us how to properly freeze our fish and, um, you know, how to clean our ducks and doves and how to, and then mom taught us how to cook them, which was the most amazing part. And so did our grandparents, right? So sure. um, I sure. think in that, you know, when they were growing up, they didn't have much. And so, you know, they literally, my grandparents and great grandparents milked the cows and, you know, took the chickens off of the farm, and that's the way it was. I mean, you couldn't 
necessarily go to Whole Foods, you know, I just, and it wasn't there for them. It wasn't accessible. So it was really neat to learn those things. And it's been a huge part of helping me grow in life in general, but in my career, both my nonprofit and the oil and gas industry. Right. Oh, no, I totally understand. I do. And, and I give you a lot of credit for that, to be honest with you, because sometimes you get into an industry, especially when you're working with, uh, you know, some of the people you've been working with, let's say in the celebrity realm, et cetera. Sometimes people get a sense of getting away from their true sense. You know what I'm talking about? Success kind oh, of yeah. changes people of the industry that you're in, and it's so nice to see that you stay very true to heart, which is very impressive. Um, speaking of impressive, 14 years old and crowned Miss, a- a- I can't even pronounce it, is it Acadiana? Okay, got it, I got it right. Oh my gosh, so talk to me about that, because I've entered my kiddos in a couple different contests, and I was like, I was almost afraid, like, I look at some of these little girls nowadays, I don't know how you feel about this, it's an honor, first of all, to be recognized for something like that, but they just look so, I mean, they're just so, they're so young becoming so old so quick, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I do, and now listen, the pageant circuits that we were in growing up are nothing compared to what I see today, and what I, I guess I'll consider the word big city um, is today. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, were in small festival pageants. And so if you know anything about Louisiana, there is a festival mm-hmm. and a party for everything. So right. the <laughs> cattle festival pageant was the first one that my mom entered me in. And, I mean, of all things, right, it's it's hilarious now. But, yeah, I was the Deb Cattle Queen, and I rode on a float and waved my hand, and sometimes I rode my horse in the parade. And, you know, you did so many volunteer things in the community. It was not about all this makeup and you know, right. posing and modeling and social media and selfies. It was that was not what it was about. It was about being right. with your friends and peers. And look, if you win the pageant based on your interview and your stage presence, it's a huge bonus, right? But then after right. that, you get so involved in the community. And that's what our pageant circuit was about. And so it is a little crazy to see what it has turned into today. And, you know, and I don't know, I I haven't been back to a small town pageant in a long time, but Mm -hmm. I would assume it's probably morphed in a little bit of that, of the big city style stuff. But yeah, it's, you know, I think parents need to definitely concentrate on the community involvement that comes out of that reign, you know, if you're going to win the pageant versus how good you look next to everybody else, right? It's just, it can get a little, it can get a little crazy. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I, I do. And like I said, I give you a lot of credit for that because obviously, of course, like I said, back in the day, it was just, like you said, it's a whole different realm as far as that goes. What I like about what comes out of that, though, is, is its exposure. And a lot of times you can use that exposure for good and to get recognized and to have certain things recognized out of it. So kudos to you on that one. Um, I know that you were educated through the University of Louisiana, and you had studied both English and history. So I was curious to ask, because, of course, I'm a writer, and I, I majored in English and journalism myself. Do you ever get a chance to use the English side of things, or is that something that you'll utilize in the future? I guess I was—I didn't see in your background that you've done, like, extensive writing or taught English, et cetera. So I was just curious to ask if you ever get to use that, or will you? So the answer is no at the current moment. Will I in the future? I guess you never know what the keys may hold, but... I intended to uh, grow up, you know, go to college, go to law school, be some big shot attorney, move to New York and drive a black Mercedes. (laughs) I mean, seriously, Sin, I was a 
total farm girl. And even though, and that, and I love my mom for, for throwing that spice in my life. You know, she, I'll never forget the day she said, Britt, you know, I know you love being in the woods with dad and you love your rubber boots and your horses and whatnot, but it's time to learn how to be a lady too. And so that's where the pageant circuit came in. And actually I was showing lambs that year in 4-H and I was pretty good at it and loved it. Um, and unfortunately my little lamb had passed away that year. So we needed a new hobby. And, and so that's what mom did. She put me in the pageant circuit and it ended up changing my life forever. But, um, you know, I just thought I would get away from this big farm and like be this awesome attorney and, uh, it's what I saw on TV, Sin, for crying out loud. You know, um, we weren't exposed to much growing up. We didn't travel. We never went right. international. I don't think I got on a plane till I was in college. So, you know, there was a lot that we did not know about the world, per se, growing up. So English and history for me was that's what I need to do to get into law school. That's what I need to do to get through law school. And whatever happens after that, you know, happens. One cool thing about it is, though, I can look at different things. And I do have to write things often for the charity. You know, we always put three and four sets of eyes on it. But um, I've got a few, you know, ways about it that I, I, you know, I was educated at UL and I I liked reading and I have to read a lot. And so um, I guess I kind of use it in a way. And I would love to one day write a book about my life. So you never know. I might, you know, sit in the, in the cabin when I'm 50 years old and write it all down one day. But, uh, but I guess it's a long answer to your, to your question, but um, yeah, it was intended for law school. Didn't go that way. No, I understand, and I always get excited, and you shouldn't have told me that because I've written four books, and I've written almost everything, so that's my big thing is when I start hearing people, I want to write a book, I'll be on you like white on rice now. Now I'm going to stay on you until the point where you actually start writing it, so you shouldn't have thrown it out there because now it's out there, and I'm going to be on you about this. We're doing like magic to me, so I'm like, hold me accountable. Well, right, because, you know, if you take, if you have all these great words inside of you and you don't do anything with them, they just sit there, and then nobody else gets the benefit of reading them or seeing them, and, and it's to me it's a travesty. So, yes, you're going to be accountable. My last guest made me accountable. Thank you, Sonia, because now I have to run two miles every day. No thanks to her. So now I'm on the accountability factor for that, so I'll put you on the accountability for this. Now, there you go. Obviously, you're not just a founder of a nonprofit. Clearly, you do many other things. So one of the things I wanted to mention is is that you have a day job. Obviously, you work with the uh, Wellsted Energy Group, and I know that you are one of their leaders in terms of gas and oil sales. So I want to talk a bit about, um, obviously, this has been known traditionally, so I'm told, as a male, more of a male-dominated uh, area in gas, mm-hmm. oil, things along those lines. Yeah, industry as a whole. So I want to talk about what makes you stand out. I want you to toot your own horn a bit about in terms of what's made you successful in this business. What intrigues you about being in something like this? Because to me, it just kind of, I'm not going to lie, it sounds kind of humdrum as far as that goes. And most importantly, has that kind of helped to foster a foundation for doing well in terms of promotion and marketing for your own other businesses? Yes. So um, I guess let's start with the fact that I am a female in a male-dominant industry, and there's something about that challenge that I love, right? Mm-hmm. I'll never forget sure. when um, – and, and, and there's a long story of how I got into it, which is all related to my charity organization and I think just God's path, period. But um, sure. I'll never forget when I moved to Houston and took the job offer to um, – take an operations role for Pegasus International. So I was the logistics coordinator, 22 years old, sitting in a corner office in charge of 120 men (laughs) that were on pipeline vessels in the Gulf of Mexico or on onshore, you know, uh, right-of-ways, 
getting ready to lay, you know, 60 miles of 20-inch pipe, right? So I come in here. I have no idea what any of this is. I remember my dad and I driving and him trying to just load as much information about the oil and gas industry into my little brain as possible. And I sit in this office and I have a Rolodex of people. I had 500 people that I needed to learn their skill set, their background, and how we were going to apply them to our clients' projects to make sure we were providing the right solution for our client, right? So we could, in turn, put gas in our car and turn our light switch on every day, right? That's the whole idea of the oil and gas industry at the end of the day. So I guess I, I remember sitting for six months, 6 a.m. to midnight sometimes, with a big whiteboard and color-coding each specialty of each person and just jumping in there, like literally just dive off of a boat into the middle of the ocean, and you're either going to sink or swim. And there's sharks constantly chasing you, right? Because, again, sure. you're, you're a female. You're up against um, a lot of men uh, that – we're not, I think, and now it's, it's, it's changing, it's evolving, not used to um, very energetic, driven, um, persistent women, young women as well, coming into their world to say, hey, I have a solution for you and you need to listen, right? Um, as right. a female, sometimes, and it takes you a while to, to develop and, and, and get that reputation going, and you only have one shot with your reputation, especially as a female, and I can talk about that um, in a minute, but... You know, you've got to know your product, you've got to know your client, and you have to understand what you're selling, and you have to understand how you are going to be able to provide a solution to them. If you know those things, if you're persistent, and if you have a good jazzy personality to top it off, you can be extremely successful, I think, in any male-dominant industry, right? It's something new. It's something different. You're going to come in and you're going to you're going to spice things up. But it was just a challenge for me, Sin, and it was a challenge that I wanted to be one of the first or, um, you know, be able to sit in a boardroom with 20, you know, 60-year-old men and them take me seriously and walk out of there and say, wow, I did that, you know, I did that. So it took a lot of patience, a lot of uh, time, a lot of research, and a lot of gumption and just pure persistence. Um, I've got a way about me that uh, people think I'm some a crazy scheduler, I guess. I have a paper calendar that I write everything down in, and I literally go through each month, and I'm like, okay, we're going to highlight today what I did, what I did not do, and who I need to follow up with. And I make these lists. And then I sit down and I make these phone calls, or I send the emails, or I send text messages. And you just have to follow up, follow up, follow up, until right. you finish what you set out to do. I think a lot of people, sure. and I'm in sales now, so it's, it's even harder. Um, it's not all about playing golf and taking people to lunch, I promise you. It's, it's a big misconception about sales out there. But right. um, you have to follow up, Sin. If you don't follow up, if you see somebody tomorrow in a meeting and you, and you tell them about your product and then five, six months goes by and you haven't called mm-hmm. or touched base or been in, been in their face – why would they remember you or why would they think about you amongst the hundreds of other competitors out there, right? Right. So mm-hmm. I'm real big on follow-up and, and persistence. Um, I hope that answers your question a little bit. But I guess at the beginning, you know, it's I, just – It does. I, I'm, 
I was. I didn't mean to interject. Or I didn't want to interject. No, you're fine. I was curious about in terms of the persistence and how long did it take once you started in gas and oil, for instance, to get to the point where you're at now in terms of your sales numbers being where they're at, et cetera. What kind, where did you kind of reach your plateau, or have you even reached your plateau in terms of sales and soaring in that industry, or do you find that you'll venture off more towards your nonprofit and kind of move away from that as a whole? Because I was, I could kind of picture that. I was thinking, I wonder if she'd go head on full force with her nonprofit. Yeah, that's a great question, and it's been a huge challenge in my life for the past 10 years because I've devoted my, um, I guess, extra time to building this brand and this nonprofit and and the end goals Mm -hmm. of saving all these children. And so it's funny, there's several articles that have come out in, in the past few years that Brittany leads a double life that I lead a double life, that I am out there working the day job and hustling and selling products or coordinating and doing logistics, and then in the 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm running over to meet a potential donor to donate to Sky High. So I I have led a double life for quite some time, hence probably why I'm not married nor have children of my own yet, because I devoted so much of that time to those two things. but. It's what I wanted to do in my early 20s. It's what I wanted to do in my life. But, no, I don't think I've reached my full potential. Um, What I did in January is I decided to start my own LLC and consulting company. And I said, you know what, there's a lot of companies out there that want me to sell, sell, sell for them, of course, and everybody wants you to make them all the money, right? So I said, let's get smart here. And so I I opened BMH Performance LLC. And so what I'm doing right now is I'm consulting for WellFit Energy Group, fantastic company, love my boss, love the people, family-oriented, and our products are the best of the best. They just are. Um, And so that consulting gig is working out wonderful, beautifully. I have a new little rate sheet that I have out there um, for people if they want me to, you know, um, pursue a a project for them or find out who the lead guy is on on this job coming up or what's this pipeline project coming down the pipe look like, you know. And so if they want the information now, they're going to pay for it. <laughs> a lot of no, you know, I mean, for years completely. you just gave it away, you gave it away, and that's fine. But I've worked so hard for so long to create this massive Rolodex and, more importantly, to, to build the relationships that I've built in the oil and gas industry, right, which in turn, Sin, have all turned into my donors at Sky High. Wow. So it's a beautiful partnership. It's a beautiful thing. Sure. And, well, and the other thing, too, is you kind of led right into my next question, which is, of course, obviously, in the future, uh, people that look on my posts all the time, they kind of see who's coming on my show and what they're doing. So some of them saw you and they thought, oh, my God, she's so breathtaking, just as I had said. So, of course, you answered my question, which means you're single and you don't have children. So, you know, this could be a means where you find your next husband by somebody listening on the show. So I guess I have to ask the question, is she single and mingling? And I know that you have no time like I have no time, but... That doesn't mean we all don't want to find someone. So I have to ask the question, is is Brittany uh, looking for anyone or accepting anyone? Or what is the typical, what would be the guy that would get Brittany's attention? <laughs> well, technically I'm off the market. So I actually oh. met a phenomenal, I am. I, I, I'm i not married, not uh, engaged, but I do have a, no, a boyfriend. And, yep, and we met um, actually five years ago now, and it's it's Again, one of those things that God puts in your life. But I was hosting the first sporting clay tournament for the Ronald McDonald House of Memphis, which houses only St. Jude 
uh, Children's Research Hospital patients, okay? So we had started this phenomenon of sporting clays, women run in, in the South, uh, that was raising, you know, now millions of dollars for pediatric cancer, and it was just, it's been a jazzy thing. And so Ronald McDonald House said, Britt, do you think you could come up here and do it in Tennessee? And I said, yeah, why not? Of course we can. I, I can put on a sporting clay shoot in my sleep. So went to uh, <laughs> Willows uh, in, in right. Tunica, Mississippi, uh, at Harris Casino, actually. And so uh, the sporting clay manager at the time, Justin Rogers, is who I had to work with for several months. And so we built a great friendship, and that led to a romantic relationship. So he has been my boyfriend for a mm. few years now. And uh, he, he's, a, he's a great guy. He actually... Uh, just was named all-time defensive player at SMU College. So he was a big football player. Yeah, yeah. And so um, great guy. We love the outdoors, and that's kind of what brought us together. And uh, he supports a ton of my time um, towards my double life. Let's just put it that way. So we'll see where it goes. I still don't have the ring on the finger, though. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I totally know what you're talking about. And I I live a life that's very similar to yours. And that obviously, of course, I, you know, my children are first and I have multitudes of things that I'm doing within my career. So it is very difficult, you know, although I do envy you because about 30 seconds ago, my children actually left with their father and it's just very quiet now and it's very empty right now. So there's an opposite side of the fence for for those of us who kind of, yeah, live and breathe with that sort of good stuff. But, yeah, you're totally end up getting married and having kids. I can see it. You're like a total Barbie doll. I'm like, there's no way you can't have kids and get married and have this wonderful life. You're just so you're just so lovely. It's not going to happen. I love you. You're so sweet. I, 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 no, I'm just honest, dear. I'm just, no, well, I, call I, it well, I, I love it. it. That's it. I've ne- I've Thank never you. been called a Barbie doll, and you know what? I'm going to take it. <laughs> it's true. You you know what? You could still tag that. Like, literally, I just did an interview today, and I was called a Barbie doll. You never know. That could be your claim to fame, among other things. So there you go. Hey. It's one of those things. Yep. Yep. I love now, it. I'll um, take it to the bank. Now that we've crushed everyone's dreams, because you won't date anyone, thanks a lot, we'll move on to something different, which is, of course, I want to talk about this, because I know in your personal life, and I assume that you're still doing this, because I had read that you um, you actually participate in doing um, dog adoption. So I thought we should talk about that, because that's important, assuming that you still have time to do that. I was curious to find out what kind of uh, drew you in that direction, of course, and how actively involved you are with something like that, to the folks that are listening in who may never do things like that. Yeah, it's so awesome. I mean, I'm I'm a huge, huge supporter of rescue. I mean, there's just so many dogs out there that are awesome dogs that only need, like, really two things. They need love and they need, you know, mm-hmm. great shelter and a great chance at life. And you can really turn a dog's personality around in a very short period of time. But I moved to Houston, 22 years old, by myself. I actually moved right by my office so I could walk there if I didn't know how to drive anywhere in this big city, right? Um, right. So so I thought, oh, my gosh, okay, I'm a little scared. I'm walking up and down my apartment at night, and they had a lot of trees around and whatnot. So um, always, <laughs> you're going to love this, always packing my handgun with me just in case because, <laughs> you yeah. know, we are in Texas over here. And, in fact, we have a ladies' night out happy hour uh, next Thursday where we're going to the pistol range all to use and learn how to use our pistols safely, et cetera. So it's pretty cool. But anyway, so I thought, okay, my whole life I've wanted a Great Dane. I don't know why. We had Labradors. We even had a little poodle growing up and German Shepherds. We always had hunting-related dogs or protection dogs. 
I just always wanted a Great Dane. My best friend and I were like, oh, you know, when we get rich one day, we're going to have two Great Danes greet our guests at the doors. I don't know what dreams we were thinking of then and how funny we were, right, when you're like 12. Like, what are you talking about? But I knew I wanted one. And so I started looking online um, at different Great Dane rescue sites and actually found this uh, beautiful girl, Bella, um, in Cape Coral, Florida, of all places. But it was crazy. So they were breeders of Great Danes. And because this dog was the runt of the litter, they were going to put it down. They couldn't sell it. So I was just, I was like, what? This is so heartbreaking. So I did all of the groundwork. Yeah, I did all the groundwork. And really, it's kind of cool. So several airlines fly dogs all around at like 6 a.m. every morning. It's a $200 fee. As long as you have the vet papers and, you know, the person putting the dog on the plane puts all the paperwork um, intact and it's in the right crate, they'll fly the dog from anywhere to anywhere. So I paid $300 for Bella. I flew her on United, went to George Bush Airport, picked her up. She was three months old, and she just turned out to be one of the best dogs I've ever had. I get home every day, and she is just cannot wait to see Mama, and that's my Bella Ann Marie, and she's she's got her squirrel game on. I mean, she is looking for squirrels every day, or she's lounging, because Great Danes are super, super loungy dogs. But since then, Sin, uh, now you're going to think I'm absolutely nuts. I have three rescue Great Danes. So, yes, oh I am one of those God. crazy people, and my boyfriend would, would – prefer not to have three great dates. So oh it's turned out to be God. something, yeah. Well, what I did was when I got Belle, I was like, okay, well, a year later I bought my house, and so I had a big backyard, and I was like, okay, Bella can't be home all day by herself. She needs a friend. I mean, watch the movie Pets, right? And it's really true. Like, they, they don't want to be home by themselves all darn day. So I, I got – so then I rescued Bomb Bomb. <laughs> He's my big oh my fatty. God. I call him fatty. He's this big tub of a lord – Great Dane, and um, I don't know why. He never got tall, but he got wide. And so it's been Bell and Bomb for nine years now, um, and they've been awesome together. And so a year ago, I got a call from the same Great Dane um, rescue group in Galveston, and they said, Britt, would you be interested in fostering this Dane? There's a family that bought one from a breeder, and they live um, in a very, very small place and don't don't have the funds to actually feed the dog any longer. Um, I think people, you know, get large breeds sometimes and just don't do their research and don't understand what the training, first of all, that you need to to put forth and then the actual cost of feeding the dog and the vet bills and all that jazz. So I take Daphne in, and let me tell you, Sin, not only did she not come to me for two solid weeks in my own home, Okay, but she wanted to aggressively bite people. So come to find out she was in a kennel day in and day out. They never let her out of this kennel for two years of her life. She even was raw on the bottom of her belly from sitting in that (gasps) kennel all day. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so you know, you, you, you... get owners that just, again, they don't have the means to take care of. It, it doesn't matter what kind of dog it is. And so so now it's like, okay, now I have a new challenge. I'm going to turn this dog around. I'm gonna, it's kind of like a project of what you can do to even a person, Sin. Look at all the kids out there that we have so many kids 
in orphanages and so many kids that need to be adopted in our country, you know, and it's like, go uh, for crying out loud. I know there's all these ways to get pregnant now, but it's like, go give another child a life, you know? So anyway, don't get me started on that, but I take Daphne and in six months, I turn that dog completely around. Now she is like the talk of the town. She looks like a milk cow. She's so beautiful. She's the Harlequin black and white. She's she's Aww. tall, she's lean, she walks, you know, on her little harness all over in the neighborhood. She goes to the dog park. We take her to wine Aww. parties in city center. She's like, I mean, you bring her out somewhere and people go nuts. They just love her. And she's just a loving, good dog. So That's so wonderful. <laughs> Look at that. See, and I admire the fact, because this is so funny, because you're talking about how busy you are and such. And that's like one of the number one reasons my kids have asked for a dog. And I'm like, you know what? We have a hard enough time with the cat. I already feel guilty like she's not getting enough attention. And dogs are like having a child, really. You almost are having children of your own. You're kind of getting a sense of that because you have to be there and you have to walk them and pay attention and make sure they're okay. 100%. It's a lot. It well, is. Definitely. And if you don't, and, I mean, and if yeah. you yeah, I'm sorry. If if you travel the, no. as much as I do, because I do, um, and and mm-hmm. go ever, you have to have the means set up outside of that. So my dog walker, or you know, my neighbor comes over and feeds them on a weekend, yeah. or you know, whatever you need to do. But you need to make sure that if you're not there a lot, you do have someone that's loving and capable that do want to be the doggy sitter yeah. for you. You know. You are absolutely correct. I couldn't agree 100, I mean, 150%, like I said. And they keep asking, so I'm like, yeah, when, when I get to a point where I don't travel as much, it's like they just left and oftentimes I'll travel, then I'd consider it. But I give you a lot of kudos, girl, because let me tell you, I'm too selfish right now. I don't think I could do the dog thing. But thank God for people like you because saving dogs and saving lives, and that's just another, look at this, we're what, like on to 50 things I admire about her, and we're not even done yet, right? She's so funny. Speaking of which. <laughs> I'm so honest. Um, just a couple things we want to mention that are spectacular about Brittany. First of all, um, she was recognized by the Houston Business Journal uh, for the for being one of the 40 under 40, and also, of course, guest of honor at St. Jude's Houston Gala. She's also been featured in the Houstoniana magazine. Um, I have a question for you. Uh, I am completely envious of you because recently, or not so recently now, because we had to reschedule our interview, you um, had attended a concert, or Big and Rich was part of one of the things that you had done. Let me just tell you how jealous I am because I love them. So, are um, they the? Did bomb? you meet them? Are they are they cool? Are they nice? Are they cuter in they're, person? Not that they're not hot to begin with. I, I want the lowdown. I'm like, so give me the lowdown. I'll give you the lowdown. First of all, they are amazing people. Period. Big hearts like sit down and literally grab a cigar and a glass of crown and 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 hang out with it with big kenny and john i mean that's that's how they are and so five i think five years ago now we met through um our my very good friend uh eric trump who you know had the eric trump foundation and raised money lots of money for um pediatric cancer for many years and uh they were playing at his function in New York, his golf tournament for St. Jude, and we met there, and we hit it off, and that's just one of those things where I have a little way about not taking no for an answer or just going all in, Sin. So we met there, and we actually had did a deal where we donated $75,000 to St. Jude, and in turn, John and Kenny said, okay, you pick the place, we're going to come do a concert, all right? So we were like... Whoa, this is so awesome and sin. We had just 
launched our first annual or an inaugural San Antonio Sporting Clay Shoot and Banquet. So picture this. Sure. We set up for 1,200, almost 1,500 people outside of the National Sporting Clay Shooting Center. This is the national place. It's the place to shoot sporting clays. And we have 25 cooking rigs, so you can come out, eat whatever you can imagine, from a fried rib to a boudin ball or jambalaya, shoot sporting clays, Mm -hmm. kids can get their face painted, archery tournament. I mean, it's just a day of fun, all going back for pediatric cancer. And then that night, Mm -hmm. we set up this bad-to-the-bone, humongous stage, all the lighting, I mean, the cranes. It was nuts. And Big and Rich took the stage and just dominated. I mean, it was one of the best, if not the best, live concert I have ever seen. But the best part is they weren't like that band. You had to talk to the manager before you could go talk to them or you can't get on the sure. stage, Brittany. Or they were like, hey, what do you want us to do and how can we help you raise more money for St. Jude? Aww. That's what John told me. So I was like, all right, John, if you're in, I need you to help me sell some live auction items. And so we did the concert, and in the middle of the concert, I got on stage. We were all on a microphone. Big Kenny is actually an auctioneer. It's so funny. People don't know that. Really? But he full-blown okay. did the auction, and John held up okay. the items. He even blew a duck call. I mean, it was just <laughs> awesome. Yeah. This is and awesome. He was mes- oh, my God. Yeah, he was mesmerized. And you know what? There's a little cool piece to our organization. So we cut – ponytails. We cut hair, eight inches of hair at every major auction that we host. Um, People bid to cut and the hair goes to this really cool organization called Children with Hair Loss out of Detroit, Michigan. It's the only wig company, nonprofit wig company that does not charge a child for the actual wig. They make the wig, they give the child the wig. Okay, it's your wig. So we have to donate hair, right? So they can make the wigs. Well, um, Laura Trump actually gets on stage, and we had five girls that night. And so it's Big Kenny, it's John, everybody's on a microphone, the crowd's going wild. And can you believe that we sold five ponytails for $100,000? Wow. <laughs> I mean, it now was – that's impressive. It was Holy nuts. Man. You know, but that's what John and Kenny brought to the table. They challenged the crowd. They, they just made it an electrifying moment. And it was nuts. Oh so from then on, we have remained very good friends. He's awesome. I could shoot his band manager, Charlie, and I love each other. I mean, I could shoot Charlie a text right now or tell John, hi, I love the new album. And he'd be like, thanks so much. We love what everything you do at Sky High. I mean, so since then, he has um, come up with an awesome idea to host a private party at his home in Nashville. Nice. And if you've nice. ever been to John Rich's home, it is phenomenal. So, yeah, I don't get those invitations, actually. So, like, if you guys are listening, big, rich, both of you, um, little tiny person here. Well, not really little tiny. I think with 61,000, we're doing pretty good. So a little tiny like video person here saying, um, maybe you'd like to come on my little tiny show. I'm actually good. Brittany will tell you I'm being nice. Aren't I being nice to my guests right now? Doing, Very. I'm trying to do a phenomenal job for her. Trying, trying, trying. And I like thank you guys. You, and I like your music. And as of this morning, apparently I've decided um, – uh, yeah, I'm I'm hanging up the radio show after next month. So you guys have to come on sooner. You're not coming on at all, I guess. That's what the boss yep. said, meaning me. I, I just made that big announcement this morning. I, I think people are kind of in culture shock that I uh, 
I think I might very well be giving up radio after five years. It's kind of a, I don't know. I'm not so sure. I don't know if I've done the right thing or not. I guess I'm still kind of mulling it over this morning. I was pretty angry yesterday, and I'm like, well, that's it. We're done. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and then I get on the I didn't show know that. with someone. Well, yeah. Well, it's it's a new revelation. I don't even think um, uh, you're. Uh, is it Renee or or Rennie? Rain. How do I pronounce it? Rain. Is it Renee Hirsch? Rain. Rain, Rain. Hirsch. So, Rain. Okay, so I don't think Rain knows this yet. In fact, I haven't told any of the publicists yet. I uh, I had a uh, well. I mean, I guess we could talk about this real quickly if you're not bored. The long story no. short is I've been doing this for five years. You know, I've, I I have a really hard time tuning my own horn. It's very difficult for me. I spend a lot of time promoting everyone else. So for me to talk about me is very hard. But you know, I've grown my audience to you know sixty one about sixty one thousand two hundred people, and we have an international following, and we have twenty states that are following, and and I've I've done this myself, no agent, no publicist, and you know over the course of five years, I, I've had a few bad to say, a few publicists, and I've had a few regular people that you know the the pulling the no show or the calling from a subway or you know this is a professional show i i work very hard i do my job i'm a journalist i, I work very hard for the people that come on this show i try to and so when i become disrespected and people you know cancel an email or they cancel an hour before the show and you know I don't charge a publicist for this. I don't charge people to come on my show. I've offered this for five years now, finding my own sponsors, and I just, I'm tired of it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm the boss, and I don't really appreciate this. And so I woke up this morning, and I'm like, why am I doing this? I mean, I I love my show. I won't lie. You know, I get to interview celebrities like you every day. And a celebrity in my book is educating, inspiring, motivating. Um, That's all you need to do. You're a celebrity because of that. It's not because you're on TV. It's not because everybody knows you. That's who you are. Um, so it's really hard for me to consider doing this. For me to be this angry to say I'm done is a really big move. So there you go. That, that's it, folks. That's why I want to leave because, yeah, people, you know, this is like the seventh time now in five years. It's not a lot, but after a while you're kind of like, I've spent my, my career promoting other people, and, and now here we are. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. But, I mean, p- just double check and pray about it, and and you know, and here's the big question. I thought about that. Does it does it add value to your life, Sin? Does it add value? No. Does it make you feel I good? Every radio, day? I, I think my radio show has has led me to meeting some of the best friends I'll ever have, to meeting some of the best people I've ever had, um, formulating some of the best. I mean, you know, from this show has spiraled other things, opportunities to meet celebrities I wouldn't have met before, an opportunity to, I'm starting my own magazine, I'm doing a calendar this year, my son's comic book. It spiraled into a lot of things, and I am immensely grateful for for those sorts of opportunities. I'm just in one of those, I've had an enlightenment, as they call it, a life enlightenment, and I'm a Catholic. So, you know, I believe very firmly in my faith, and and I'm going through a lot of transition. And someone told me, when you you have an enlightenment in life, nothing makes sense to you. Everything seems like nothing is going to make sense for a while. So... I just need to kind of sort out how I feel about stuff. I don't know where we got on this, folks, but <laughs> thank you for listening to that. So I don't know <laughs> we went from big and rich so, to, to life in yeah, general. But thanks hey, a lot, big the, and rich. So there yeah, you go. You, you've been calling out, I'm calling you out, big and rich. you got two months to get on my show. Assuming that I go through this, I have a feeling that there's a lot of people that are going to try to talk me out of it. I don't know. As, as oh, yeah, get ready. Now, that's my standing thing. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Here comes that accountability. Now I'm in big trouble. So there you go. Yeah, there you so, yeah, go. So uh-huh. now that we've done our big and rich thing, obviously, there you go. So I want to... Um, I want to bring up something clearly that uh, is important to talk about because you just mentioned it. And, and I think 
uh, forgive me for bringing this up because you brought up Eric it's Trump. Okay. I was going to bring up the Eric Trump Foundation. Yep. Let me tell you why this is fundamental, folks, when you're listening in. There's nothing that's been irritating me, to me more, and, and I'm gonna, this is why I'm bringing this up, because I want you to speak about it if you would. I have noticed, yes, and I'm sure you see it's the same thing in circles. Um, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not a Trump supporter. However, I respect you or anyone else for your belief, who you want to believe in, who you want to support. Now, the fact, folks, that I'm going to talk to her about Eric Trump, and I'm not going to be rude, I'm not going to defriend her, I'm not going to hang up the phone, this is, what, this is why I want to bring it up, because I want to be able to illustrate the fact that people can actually be humane and honest and humble about who they know and their good points. And I want you to talk about the Eric Trump Foundation and some of the things that I may not know. And the reason I say that is because are you noticing the same thing I am? I'm seeing families torn apart. I'm seeing friends not associating anymore. Our country is just kind of spiraling in a bad place. And so I think it's important for us to be able to show you can you can like people. It's okay to to like them and to support them and still be friends and still get along and still support each other. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And here's the bottom line, Sin. So when I met Eric, it was one of those um, me being persistent and having some gumption. I, I was at St. Jude Hospital. We were donating our check that year and uh, hosting sure. a carnival for the families. And I opened the Promise magazine, which St. Jude produces every month. And on the last page was an article about Eric Trump and his foundation mm-hmm. and what the money he was raising. Now, this was six, seven years ago. So I, I as, as if you can believe this, I had no idea who he was, like none. This oh will God. show you like how naive and how out of touch I was with a lot, a lot of the world, okay? So, and I still today like rarely watch TV. So, um Sometimes I catch myself out of the loop with what's going on. But anyway, I don't know who he is. I look at our St. Jude rep, and I'm like, man, we have the same story. Like, he was in college. I was in college. He got together with his buddies. I got together with my best girlfriends. And we both wanted to do something bigger than ourselves. We didn't have kids of our own. We weren't married. We were both in our own careers. But we wanted to do something bigger than ourselves. And we had a passion for this place or for this catastrophic disease that these families are are fighting every day that I truly think was put in our lives, you know, that that was God's decision. He picked us and that's just what happened, right? And you either act on it or you don't. And so Eric Mm -hmm. acted on it. I acted on it. And I said, I want to meet this guy. Don't know who he is. Don't know where he's at. I want to meet him. Well, what do I do? Get back to Houston, look it up. Oh my God. Well, this is a little bit, going to be a little harder than I, it's probably not going to be a phone call, right? So for four months, I called the Eric Trump uh, office in New York and consistently left messages, emails to try to basically meet him to tell my story and just meet another guy or another person who had done the same thing right out of college because it's rare. I mean, it's, it doesn't happen or you don't meet people every day that have done that. Long story short, speed it up, we meet in his office, myself, my best friend Crystal, and Eric, and Lynn Patton, and we just immediately hit it off. It was an instant connection, because I'm sitting here actually trying to explain to him what a, what a sporting clay is and shotguns, thinking this guy has no flipping clue about shooting guns, okay? And he looks at me, and he's like, uh, you must be kidding, right? Like, I shoot 
sporting clays all the time. I'm actually ranked number one in Pennsylvania or something like that. I'm like, what? You're lying. And he's like, no, I'm not lying. You think I'm lying? I'm like, yeah, you're you're full of it right now. He's like, I don't just sit in this office up here in New York and, like, don't participate in the outdoors. I'm like, so come to find out, all, you know, years passed, and we cultivate a just a friendship period. We're friends. We're going back and forth about hunting, fishing, sporting clays, and our passion for St. Jude. We meet Laura. We meet Lynn. We meet Larry. We meet the whole team. They meet our whole team. Before you know it, we're like, hey, Eric, y'all want to come to our event in South Louisiana and see what we do? And he's like, yep, I'll be there. And, you you know, like there was a moment where I was like, is this happening? You know, because you step back and you're like, wait, is is he really going to come to our event? Like he cares that much? And and right. that's where people are missing that big connection because they don't know who he is or who his siblings are because they haven't had a chance to hang out with him for the past six years, literally like right. sitting down and, you know, smoking a cigar and talking about how we're going to raise more money to save more kids. Sure. I mean, the, people just haven't sure. experienced that. I have. My whole group has. Our whole team has. And so – Year five, Eric gets an opportunity to pledge $20 million to build the west wing of the surgery and ICU center at St. Jude. Wow. Wow. And I'll never forget the text message. I was in Missouri deer hunting, (laughs) and he says, you should join the A-team because we're getting ready to donate $20 million. And I'm like, oh, my God, what? This is amazing. Think about it, Sin. We're a small small nonprofit, especially then. Sure. I mean, we were so excited about donating half a million dollars, you know, and didn't have access to the things that Eric had access to, right? So you think, okay, sure. it was kind of a friendly competition at the same time. Like, okay, I'm going to outraise Eric Trump one day, you know? And so <laughs> it, it was always kind of fun like that. Oh, yeah, I was like, always like, uh-uh, I'm going to catch up with him. Get get ready, Eric. So, um, you know, he, he, he offers – over a glass of iced tea at Lavo, New York, and he says, you know what, my whole life, you know, we've, we've done this and we've spent so much time, and that's what people don't realize either. Eric gave so much of his time, like I have, literally dedicated so much of our time and our life, living a double life, running a company. I'm doing an all-in-gas sales job and then running two nonprofits, right? And, huh. you know, just just – the same thing I did, and that's what people need to understand. And he said, I want my friends on my floor. It's going to be the Eric Trump Foundation Surgery and ICU Center, but I want my friends. I want the people who have followed us and have dedicated just as much amount of time, got their hands dirty in raising this money on my floor. He said, what do you think about a $100,000 donation from Sky High, and we'll give you a room to name? Now, Sin, wow. we – at this time, would have never gotten those opportunities from St. Jude. We're just too small. They're not sure if we can raise that amount of money. You know, it's, it's, just, mm-hmm. it's not rocket science. It's understandable. It's big business. They're a business at the end of the day. So right. for us to get that opportunity, number one, we were just through the roof. Oh, my God, our name might be, you know, all our oh hard work. And then you see the name on a, on a family room at St. Jude. How amazing. And then the fact that Eric just said, I want my friends on the floor. So he did that. And instead of us doing $100,000, little old Brittany Bear shakes his hand and says, how about $5 million? How about $5 million? And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You, you might do your 20, but we're going to step up our game. $5 million, we've got 10, because we had 10 years to raise the money, okay? $5 million, right. and, you know, 
what, what, let's do that. And he's like, okay, I'll give you the entire, like, basically we, we were able to name the surgery ICU patient waiting room, the family waiting room, and the recovery room. These are the sickest of the sick kids, Sin. These are ICU on their deathbed kids. And when the family is waiting there to find out if their child is going to make it out of brain tumor surgery, sky high and anadarko petroleum and strike construction and all of our oil and gas companies are on the wall. They see who donated so much time and money to help save their child. And that for us was a dream come true. And Eric gave us that opportunity. And so for just as long as we have, they've been gritting and grinning, hosting golf tournaments, hosting galas, and they've been raising money for one thing, and that's to save these children that no parent, you have kids, no parent wants to hear your child has cancer, none. So if there are not people like me and Eric leading teams of volunteers and, and staff members to ultimately do something bigger than ourselves and give back to the greater good, then what then what happens? These sure. kids die. No, I agree. All of them die. I, One in five oh, do I die. Know. But they all die. So that's that's Eric. That's the Eric I know. That's the his wife, Laura, unbelievable. That's the Laura I know, who by the way is a huge, huge proponent of dog rescue. Okay, like huge. You'd love Laura. Phenomenal. Rescues dogs. Well, Laura, maybe if you're listening, come on my show. Did I just yeah, say that? Oh, my God, I just said that. Holy mackerel she's there. Phenomenal. That's oh, she's phenomenal. She's great. She actually <laughs> well, came is- to Houston, Texas this year after the presidential election and all that just, jazz and donated right. her time, like, pregnant and all, and came to Our Ladies Who Brunch and spoke at Our Ladies Who Brunch event this year and helped us raise $55,000 in, like, an hour for for Sky High. I mean, that, that's that's who they are. That's who I know. I will always support my friends. I consider them my best friends, and they will always be a partner of Sky High. Wow. There let me is. just say this much. Or, or actually, I was just going to say, let me just ask the one question, which is this. Um, if people are listening right now, and like, let's say there's somebody like myself who isn't necessarily as – you know, go team when it comes to to Eric Trump, because obviously if we all read the news and and watch things, obviously, you know, Eric is, is, there's been some news and there's been some controversy and there's been obviously ongoing talk about the entire family. So if someone's listening right now and and they're reading all this information about Eric, what's the one thing that you would suggest to them in terms of formulating opinions? Because I think they're, you know, one person takes one thing and then all of a sudden they turn it into a hundred different things. You know what I mean? Meaning that they think they know because they've read a news story that could be falsified, et cetera. So what's one lasting impression you want folks outside of obviously this lovely soliloquy you gave about him? What's one thing you want folks to remember to really know about him because you've had contact where most of us haven't that they can take away from this show? I think at the end of the day, people need to look in the mirror and say, you know, have, have, what have I done in my entire life to give back? Or what have I done in my entire life to be the best person I can be? And, you know, you walk away from that mirror and just think about the fact that you could be scrutinized for as, as low as it is, as the way you walk down the street. Sure. It's, it's, it's not fun. So these are good people. They're, they have big hearts. 
They want to do good for the world. They want to do good for our country. And they've sacrificed something that literally 99.99999% of the people in this country would not sacrifice. People need to keep that in mind. I mean, I appreciate that. these Thank are, you, you know, I these do. are human beings. These are, these are people. Right. So, and no, you need to I think agree. about I, the I positive. So many people want to look at the negative, negative, negative. Why not look at the positive? I had to tell my boyfriend I that agree. a couple of weeks ago. I was like, babe, I know I talk loud. I'll probably cuss too much. And yes, I sometimes talk with food in my mouth. Okay. He, he cannot stand those three things and he loves to point them out. That's the cage inside of me. I said, but babe, look at all the other awesome stuff about me. Can we concentrate on that and not those three little things? You know, sure. I think it's what people that. need to wake up every day. Positive, 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 you know. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. And thank you for doing that, like I said. And I hold myself in that same thing. You know, obviously, as a journalist, I look at things very differently because, obviously, he's in the public eye along with his family. So the way I view things as a person and as a journalist, I've always said this along the line, which is why I wanted to bring it up today. I don't care if you support, meaning that you're a fan of Donald Trump and his family, or you're not. You're entitled to believe whatever you want. I'm just, I want the ugliness to, to stop, the fighting and the yeah. bitterness and the name calling. and the. It's just, it's so inappropriate. And we're at a point where it's we have bigger stop. things that we have to deal with. I agree. Yeah. Which brings us, I mean, of course, to the main, one of the main reasons you came out, which is, of course, to talk about Sky High for St. Jude, which is a nonprofit. And to folks that are listening in who may not know, this is a nonprofit who puts on things such as sporting play shoots to raise money for both the patients and the families. So the first question I wanted to ask, of course, about your organization is um, sometimes people are a proponent for particular organizations or um, particular causes because it's personally affected them. Have you known individuals through St. Jude's? Is that how you originally wanted to pick them? Or what was the driving or motivating force behind them in particular versus another organization? So, Back to the pageant world, Miss Acadiana, right. Billy Menard had a niece who had passed away of childhood cancer at St. Jude, and so she took all of her surrounding queens and gave us a challenge to raise a certain amount of money, and at that time it was $1,000, so we could provide right. VCRs, <laughs> VCRs at the time, and basketball goals oh to the 52 rooms sure. at Ronald McDonald House for these kids. So we had buckets, sure. and we raised our money, and we went to St. Jude. So seven-hour road trip, never forget it, me, mom, grandmother, my best friend Lindsay, uh, all of our queens, Keisha, we get to Memphis, Tennessee. I've never been past north of I-10 in my life. And, um, <laughs> Sin, you walk in the doors of that place, and if it doesn't change your life, I don't know what will. It is okay. just one of the most phenomenal facilities that – is comprised of so many amazing people from staff, from the scientists, from the best oncologists to the, the dentist that is literally, there's dentists on site uh, to the teachers because these kids are not in school because they're going through treatment. So they have to, they have to keep up with their studies uh, just to the volunteers that have so much heart and warmth for families that they do not know because people are coming from all over the world. We met, we met families from Israel, Chile and Russia. Um, we were in at St. Jude a few weeks ago, and um, and then you meet so many families. A majority come from Louisiana, uh, and so you're 14. You're thinking about what? You're thinking about the next dance party. You're thinking about the <laughs> hopefully the new gun my dad's gonna get me for Christmas, or you know you're going through life as a teenager. 
you're not thinking about other kids that are dying. Why would you? Unless you're exposed right. to it, unless it's your sibling or a very um, you know, a close family member or friend, you don't understand and know these things. And it doesn't matter what your parents put you in to volunteer because it just doesn't hit you until you see it. And so I saw it. There was a little boy there. We're putting on a Mardi Gras parade. He hasn't eaten in three weeks because he's so sick from his chemo. And he sits down with me. His name was Dalton. And I talked him into trying my chicken and sausage gumbo. And he sat there, and he ate and ate and ate and ate and ate, and his parents were just, I mean, elated. They were crying. They were so happy. And that was a moment for me at that age that I knew God had showed me my vocation. I would always do something with this place, do something with or for these children. And I didn't probably understand it then, but, but I knew it. Right, and so we spent time there. We we walked every hospital hallway. We met with doctors and nurses, and we understood what, out of the fifty-seven catastrophic diseases that they were researching and trying to cure, you know, what was the latest? Oh my gosh, four percent of kids with leukemia in 1960 died, and now ninety-four percent of kids with leukemia live. That was all because of Danny Thomas's dream that he put into effect, right? He took his passion, he took his pledge, actually, you'll like this, he took his pledge to the Catholic uh, Cardinal in Chicago, and he promised a shrine, he built it. He put his passion into action. That's what I, that's what I say about myself. You put your passion to action. Mm-hmm. He built this place, he grabbed all the best of the best in the world, and he changed the game in pediatric cancer. And he changed the game in sickle cell and in AIDS and in so many different diseases that they study and do research on. And so what the most phenomenal thing is, though, Sin, they're free of charge. It doesn't matter if you have a dime or if you've got $20 million. If your kid meets protocol at St. Jude, you don't pay for anything. Do you know what that means to a family that's coming from South Mississippi that probably, that I, I met them, five kids in a mobile home, dad's working, mom's taking care of the kids, and then, and, then, and then Zach gets bone cancer, and then dad has to quit his job. How are they going to pay the light bill? How are they going to pay for food? What are they going to do with the other four kids while they're going to Memphis? It's all taken care of. Done. Get to the doors. You're accepted meeting protocol, and you won't pay for anything. And so if organizations like Sky High, and if individuals out in the streets do not continue to support, then St. Jude cannot do what they do. And they are number one for a reason. Over 150 research labs, they're number one for a reason. So we've got to feed what I am calling the mothership. They are the mothership. And the even more remarkable part is if, you know, Dr. Downing comes up with the next big game changer for whatever disease in pediatrics, guess who's getting it? Everybody. They share 100% of their research, protocols, medications, treatments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with every other pediatric oncology center in the world, not just the United States, in the world. So Texas Children's Cancer Center right here in my backyard, which we are proudly supporting now, loving Dr. Poplack and Dr. Dreyer and their, and their team and loving supporting right. our team here. But guess what? They're talking to St. Jude every day. 
What did you find out? What did you find out? What can we do better now? What did this, how was this child's reaction to the chemo? So if you don't have a place like St. Jude, I think you just don't have that leadership in medicine period, um, and you don't have the research that is funneled out to everybody else, and so everybody else is kind of sitting there waiting, right? Um, right. So that's why we pick St. Jude. That's a long, long answer, but that there's a lot of passion oh, behind okay. it, and that's why we pick St. Jude. But we, we Sky High is growing, and I have so many big dreams, and our, the vision's huge, and that's the idea. We want to be able to help other oncology departments too that's why we just partner with texas children's cancer center we're so pumped and you never know we might do san antonio methodist pediatric oncology down the road or chop or you know there's so many amazing facilities out there so if we're out there on the ground and believe me we're on the ground we get our hands very dirty we have blood sweat and tears from hauling ice to a trailer from midland texas to lafayette louisiana and Mm -hmm. We're raising the funds. We're educating the community. We're out there saying, volunteer, come help us. Come, come to the gala. Come to the sporting clay shoot. Come pass out T-shirts and cups and whatever. We're educating the community and giving them that opportunity. Then why not? Why, you know, why not support an organization at Sky High who's then going to turn around and say, here is, which we're very proud, over 70 cents to every dollar that you donate going back to these cancer research facilities. That's what it is. That's very, very nice, actually. And I wanted to mention, I know some of your past events. I know you've done golf outings in the past. You've done your ladies' brunch. One of the things that I want to touch on are the different programs, maybe because individuals who are listening in haven't had the good fortune where they've been able to peruse your website and your Facebook page and all this other good stuff. There's a couple of different things that I want to highlight on. There were five things in particular. I know we talked about ponytail donations earlier. Um, she does such things as uh, Sky High Adventures, the 50-cent challenge, and donating fabric for blankets and pop tabs. Obviously, we've seen other people do those things. But I'm curious about focusing on these Sky High Adventures and the 50-cent challenge and the fabric for blankets because I have, like I said, because we have 20 different states listening and people are listening in and wondering, okay, how can I most effectively help her organization? So if you would speak to some of those programs, I'd appreciate it. Yes, it's lovely because it is. Not everyone shoots sporting clays, and we understand not everyone wants to go to the gala. So we give everyone an opportunity, literally everyone. Mm -hmm. And I want to touch on Dollar Day, so don't let me forget to tell you about that. But the fabric for blankets, it's really cute. We had a teenage um, uh, daughter of Bob Buck, who's our vice president on our board, who works for Anadarko Petroleum, Maddie Buck. Uh, She, on Friday nights, instead of doing other teenage things, got her friends together and had pizza and started making blankets, handmade blankets. They're really easy. She created a little video, and she teaches you how to do it. But it's basically two pieces of fleece material at a you know, certain measurement. You cut the sides, and then you tie them together. It's super simple. Like you can make a blanket in 20 minutes, you know, 10 minutes probably. And so Maddie and her friends started Tie for Sky High and started making these blankets. And the highlight of our year, Sin, is when we go to St. Jude and donate our funds that we've worked so hard all year to, to, you know, to raise. And we host a carnival a huge, spectacular carnival at the Ronald McDonald House. But St. Jude buses in all the kids and families after treatment. A lot of people don't know, but St. Jude is primarily an outpatient hospital. So you're going to Memphis, your kid's going in for chemo all day or for whatever treatment they're getting, and then you, you're leaving. You're not sleeping at the hospital. So you have to go to one of the housing facilities to sleep and live. And Ronald McDonald House is dear to our hearts for many reasons, but 
There's 52 rooms there, so we put up this spectacular 80 by 120 tent. We were Disney characters this year, and yes, I was in a full-blown Minnie Mouse costume with the head and all, and I I could barely see, but boy, I did a whole lot of dancing with those kids. And Mm. we do that, and when the kids come and register for the carnival, they get a blanket. And I can't tell you how cool it is for those kids. I mean, they love it. They're like, uh, uh, can I have the Spider-Man one? Can I have the, the older kids? Can I have the camouflage blanket? And it's this really cool, neat fleece material. And they go back to their room, and they've got their new blanket, and they put it on their bed. The little ones all go through the hospital in red rider wagons. And they, we're at the hospital the next day. It's so fun. They're all, they all have their blankets in their wagons. You know, mom puts their blanket at the bottom, they get in their wagon, and we walk around, we're like, oh, my God, that's, that's, the, that's the Texans football blanket we, met, we made <laughs> and brought over here. Isn't that cool? So we disperse over 300 handmade blankets every year at the carnival, and then we just did a big blanket drop at Texas Children's. So listeners out there, literally go on our website, skyhighshoot.org, and you go under programs, and you click tie for sky high, and there's an entire tutorial on how to make the blankets, and then if you make a bunch, and it doesn't matter, it could be one, five, ten, some people make 50. Um, companies do it for their team building now. Uh, Nalco Champion just did a huge team building where they made like 100 blankets. Call us. Call the office. We'll figure out how to get the blankets either from you straight to St. Jude or from you to our office. I mean, however which way, we'll handle the logistics. You just make the blankets. So it's really neat. It's a cool thing. That is really cool. I, I totally, totally like that. I forgot to mention, um, you, you're still participating in doing the Amazon Smile program, yes? Oh, yes, we are. Please pick Sky cool. High for St. Jude. That's what I thought. Okay, I wanted to make mention of that because sometimes people look at stuff and they'll be like, oh, wait, what's the deal with this and this and this? So I wanted to throw that out there. Now yes. talk to me about the dollar thing. Tell me about the okay, dollar so- thing. Yeah, so it's kind of we marked 50 cent challenge, I guess. 50 cent challenge is basically this. If you if your company is interested in 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 taking literally 50 cents a day out of employees paychecks and funneling to Sky High, it's $15 a month. It was just more of a mailbox money idea and we have some companies that do participate. But we just sure. launched Dollar Day. Sin. Literally. Okay. Who doesn't have a dollar? Like it's in like as okay, in maybe one that's why I don't know about this. dollar, okay? So on September 30th, which is the last day of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, September, go gold, um, we at Sky High are going to have a call to action on social media, okay? And we nice. are asking people to do one simple thing, and that's text to donate. It comes out of your phone bill. There's no work involved besides taking your little thumb and texting a few numbers to Sky High and clicking the donation amount you want to make, and boom, you're done. Dollar day. You participated. One day takes you one second, one moment, and you can save a life. You can save one life. So we're really working hard on that, Rain and our, and our marketing company, because here's the thing, Sin. To get the masses to donate a dollar, Danny Thomas was real big on this. He'd prefer a million people to donate one dollar to St. Jude than one person to donate a million. Why? Because it's raising more awareness, right? So Mm -hmm. we want to raise awareness. My my dream is to be on Good Morning America on Dollar Day and just telling everybody alongside Michael Strahan and Robin and saying, all right, guys, you got one moment. Pick up your cell phone, text to donate, pick your dollar amount, 
boom, you're done. That's what we needed. And could you imagine what would happen if the masses of people would do it in this country? Right. Uh, I, I totally can imagine. I mean, and you know what? Everybody's so familiar with St. Jude's that it should be a done deal to begin with. You know what I mean? It's such a huge, yeah. huge charity that does so much good work for families, and I totally know that. Actually, yeah. I have a question for you because you have experience, a little more experience in this area than I do, and you may not know this. My um, my son, who is almost 13, is uh, up until five months ago, was a seizure patient for over three years. So he worked the children's hospital unit, and he was there oh, wow. and uh, obviously in and out of treatment. So out of it, he has put together a comic book that he's actually written and illustrated, and now we have the book together. So I'm looking for hints. I keep asking people of this. I'm, I'm here to tell you one of the things, and I'm sure you can appreciate this. There's a lot of red tape at times that comes along with dealing with children, and I, I've been going through. The goal is to we're raising money for a clinical trial, and that's twenty five, thirty thousand dollars for one. That's hard enough. But on the other side of the fence, we, my son wanted to have pediatric seizure patients on the units having copies of this book. So I came to them and I said, you know what, I'll give you X, Y, Z amount of copies for free. I want you to house them in the units. And I'm having such a difficult time getting all 50 states to participate. So I figured since you were on the line, I would just ask you if you had any good suggestions or hints. I've been asking everyone and they're like, yeah, you know what, it's going to be difficult. And I'm like, I guess I'm frustrated by the fact that I'm trying to do a very good, my son is trying to do a very good thing and there's a, there, there can be adversity to this and it makes it very frustrating for people. So I'm just curious if you have any good idea. If you don't, I'm not going to be ear shattered. I'm going to keep doing it, period. But Yeah, well, hey, remember my I'm word, frustrated. my big word, persistence? Like, just, I uh-huh. mean, you, you know, you never give up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a little surprised by the fact that it's not, I mean, are, you're just calling the, you know, the I'm hospital. I literally, for- I, I have a literal email list that I started off with. And the reason I say that is because his book, you know, I have a film festival I'm doing this year. I have his book. I have this radio show. I'm starting a magazine next year. I'm doing a calendar this year. There's only so much of me, and I don't have an assistant. So the reality of the situation is it's just me. So I wish yep. that I had time to call every single hospital in every single state, and I don't. You know, So it's been a lot of email correspondence and asking help from PR people. You know what I mean, all that stuff. So, you know, I can only do so much unless this became a full-time job for me, and I don't think I can right now. You know what I mean? So I'm just oh, yeah. been emailing different people. Now I'm trying to do out of country as well because I'm an overachiever, and I don't, like, I don't do well with no. Like, when people tell me no, I get really frustrated. So I'm like, we're just going to find another way because it's yeah. about my child. You know, if it was about me, mm-hmm. it would be a little different, but it's about him. So that's why I said, you know, you deal with children's, you know, it's just frustrating because you're trying to do a good thing. The patients are children. This isn't about the adults that run a hospital. Kids sit on a, my kids sat on a monitor for three days solid and they don't get out of bed. That's all they do. They sit in that bed. And so my book, his book is, you know, talking about sergeant seizure and he cures seizures and, and there's a good guy and there's a hero and there's hope in this book. And he just wants them to believe that there's somebody out there who's going to make them better. Um, so that's where my frustration comes in, not just as a mom, but as a person who's been in that room with a child, you know, they need something. They need morale. My suggestion is this, this is, this is the beautiful part about volunteers. If you have access to volunteers and this, I mean, put it out on your pot, on your, on your show, you know, or on your website and say, sign up here to volunteer. For you know, comic book this this uh, you know disbursement and blah blah blah. Right. So get the script and get these volunteers on the phone. 
I think I put out a little thing on my uh, Instagram on Monday, and my word was persistence. And I said, you know, a lot of times email and text messages are the easy way out, right, because we're so busy. Right. We just shoot an email, send a oh, text. And some people don't respond. Pick up the phone. <laughs> so there's my advice. Exactly. Pick up the phone. <laughs> I had emailed Texas Children's a couple times. No response. Right. I picked up the phone. I was driving to a lunch, and I said, I need to speak to someone in your department that's going to accept a donation. Okay? They patched me to Lisa McCoy. Now we're partners with Texas Children's. Sometimes you have to pick cool. up the phone. Create a volunteer right. button on your website. Get volunteers to sign up. Give them the list of the locations that you want to see your books in and have them start calling one by one by one. And, and again, persistence. If they can't get through to the right department, find out from that person who is the right person to talk to. And I, that's where I'm a big proponent on phone calls. I mean, it, it's just sometimes I think people get too caught up in email and text messages, and, and people want to hear your voice. I agree. No, I do. do I definitely think? agree, and I like that suggestion. That's a great idea. Thank you so much. Now, the last thing I want to mention before I forget are these upcoming events. So I know of three, obviously. In August 26th, you're going to be at Brooklyn's Down South, which is the Hunt for Richard concert, which is going on on August 26th. And then, of course, obviously, on September 23rd, you're doing the um, – let me see if I can pronounce this right. It's Permian Bayesian Sporting Play Tournament, which is in Stanton, Texas. And then on October 14th of 2017, you're at Shaw's – you're doing Shaw's Bend event, which is in Columbus, Texas. So I guess we should talk about the most recent one, which is, of course, the Hunt for a Cure concert in August. Um, talk to me a little bit about that, and can folks still get tickets and participate in that? Yes, so that's tied to our Adventures program. Um, and so right. what we do is we do six to eight Adventures trips a year. And, it, look, it's much like Make-A-Wish. We give families an opportunity to get away, not think about being sick, and you know their child wants an outdoor adventure. They don't want a Disney cruise, and they don't want to meet the next NFL player. They want to go duck hunting or fishing or deer hunting or right. camping. And I know that, right. you know, I know there's controversy around hunting and fishing and all that jazz, but at the right. end of the day, we're doing it legally. We harvest the animal to put on the table, and it is something that these kids want to do. And we've actually got a note from a dad the other day that said, you know, I can't believe it, but you got my child to, like, Literally, he was like suicidal because he's a teenager and he's going through, um, he has a, a bone cancer and, and you know, he's, he's, some of these kids do not react well at all, right? They think life is over and we got him out on an adventure trip and he was in the woods for four days with his dad and, you know, he did harvest his animal and just had a trip of a lifetime and it, it turned the kid completely around like he's a different person. And so if we can wow. give that to the family, that's what we want to do. So our Hunt for a Cure event does have tickets available. It's going to be fun. We have a rocking concert. right cool. outside of Austin, Texas, and the food's going to be amazing. And so that's what it is, a fundraiser, so then we can continue to take these families on these cool adventure trips. And we're doing it with our great partner at National Wild Turkey Federation. So it's going to be fun. Oh, that's right. I almost forgot to mention that. I did not want yeah. to forget to mention this because last time um, I checked, I just want to double check, you have been partnered with three organizations, the National Wild Turkey Foundation, or Federation, excuse me, Strike USA, and then Anna, Anna Darko Petroleum. Are you still partnered with all three? I just want to clarify yeah. that. Yes, yes. Okay. So Anadarko Petroleum and Strike are two of our biggest donors and corporate partners, and, and most of all, they are our boots on the ground majority of the time. Because when we host these events, this is what people don't realize, 
our board members, our committees, our volunteer I mean, we're physically out there putting the actual event together. And the logistics around any of those things, as you can imagine, or it's it's a nightmare sometimes. So oh, I know. Uh, so yeah, those companies are phenomenal. We're so proud that they have stuck with us for so many years because again, without those solid partners, you know, it's very hard to operate from day to day. So so yeah, it's been great. And then Anadarko's taken us to Midland, Texas, as you mentioned on September 23rd. Uh, right. So the Permian Basin is the new hot spot for oil and gas. If you haven't read the news, <laughs> lots of pipelines okay. and gathering systems going on there, and and it's good because the oil and gas industry we had a hard hard time for two solid years, still having a hard time with oil prices the way they are. And, uh, you know, again, another controversial, you know, industry out there, but I don't think people realize that when you turn your light on or when you get in your car or even when you ride your bike, that petroleum or oil and gas is all tied into that. So keep that in mind, listeners. (laughs) You need those Ah, things. So so for us, and that's our jobs. I mean, so many people lost jobs. I mean, that's our jobs. That's how we feed our families. So, um, so we're super excited. That's going to be a rocking tournament, and uh, and our and our oil and gas folks are really excited there. And then we go to Shaw's Bend, which is a small little place uh, that's actually connected to a rodeo arena, and they're going to have a youth rodeo of all things. And we're going to have a cookout, and so it's going to be a lot of fun, little sporting clay shoot. But our big big bang. Five-year anniversary is San Antonio, and that's November 10th and 11th. We actually have George Strait's Ace in the Hole band, (gasps) like his his actual band, not him himself, I wish. But uh, Ace in the Hole is our entertainment. We're at the Hyatt Hill Country Resort and Spa. So what's so cool about that event is bring your family. Bring the kids. There's a lazy river. There's campfire s'mores every night there's movies on the lawn there's the spa for the wives if you don't want to go to the sporting place shoot it's a weekend of fun gala that night concert live auction entertainment my funny self is on the mic the whole time it's a blast and then saturday you come out you shoot you eat you drink you grab a nice cold beverage after and it's a great weekend but we we're we have some big goals this year i think uh brad howell who's our chairman stands to raise about 1.5 million at that event that weekend so i told him he, he bet he better show up with that check because I, I don't like those promises you know <laughs> that you can't oh my God, keep she's so. so cool yeah That's so awesome. it's, it's gonna be a fun rest of the year the beginning of the year was just as crazy oh and so that's what we do, Sin. Anybody's welcome. We'd love to have supporters in any way possible, whether it's through our programs, whether it's just donating that $1 on Dollar Day or coming out to our events. We we really, really love what we do here, and we put a lot of passion behind it. And at the end of the day, you know, just for all the parents out there, think about, you know, your, your the, the grace that you have, that you have a healthy child, and um, and help the ones that yeah. don't, you know. Well, of course, and we don't want to forget to mention because I almost forgot this little tidbit. But to send the uh, the last question that I have for you is: I know that you participate in doing guest speaking uh, in different times throughout the year. So, is that something that you still do, and you have time for, et cetera, et cetera? Those that are listening in that might have listened to you and thought, you know what, this is an incredible person that's inspiring that I want to have them doing something with me. 
Yes, the answer is yes. And you asked where the Ooh. fork in the road was earlier, but um, the dream of mine is to uh, to, to to really get the speaking platform, uh, you know, on a fast track. So I could, in the future, retire from the oil and gas industry, sit as CEO and founder of Sky High, take this thing to a, a you know a national level, and and speak and inspire, especially the youth. I love going to schools. I love going to 4-H clubs. I love going to Rotary clubs. Doesn't matter what age. It's it's really fun to get out there and motivate young people to put their passion into action and to motivate any age, really. I mean, you know, so yeah, I'm loving it. I'm available to speak. I'm trying to kind of get that platform off the ground. And um, sure. so whether it's a corporate event, a team building event, whether you want to talk nonprofit fundraising or just business in general um i've got a few different categories there but yeah i'm ready if 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 you're listening and you want me to come speak i'd love it cool look at that see and look yeah. at this can you believe this we have been together 90 minutes that is awesome i know we could probably so talk all darn day <laughs> oh my god and i feel bad because you're like i'm moving and i'm this and i'm this and all of a sudden it's don't just feel bad like, oh my god i've kept her mm-hmm. oh my god no okay. girlene i was Couple. so excited about this today uh, thank you really? by the way i'm oh you have no idea i'm super excited oh my god like this just was wait. a highlight of my week i was like i have a podcast this week i'm so pumped <laughs> oh my god listen to this now, there's a few couple yeah. business things we have to cover. First of all, um, before I forget to remind you, to anyone that is a fan or follower of yours, it takes about two hours after the time of completion, and then I will send you a link over because I Facebook friended you, and I'll send you a link over, assuming that I'm fortunate enough to be in your group and circle of people. I'll send uh, a copy yeah. of the link over to Rain and you also so that you can have the interview. You can post it if you like. It takes about two hours, like I mentioned. I do not want to forget to mention this. Rain Hirsch. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Three reasons why. First of all, thank you so much for coordinating the two of us. Second of all, I didn't get a chance to tell her this, but she, oh, my God. That girl, another thing, beat with the beauty stick, that's what I call it. There are some women in my life that are just beat with the beauty stick, and she is certainly one of them. She is absolutely phenomenal looking, lives and breathes her job in the best way possible. I think she's phenomenal. So, Rain, from me to you, another wonderful guest. Thank you so, so much. Anybody who is interested in needing publicity, needing anything, Outside of the box, media is your place. So definitely thank you to Rain for organizing the two of us together. I'm going to read off a list of places where people can find you. So I'll read everything off. You let me know if I've forgotten anything. Um, you got it. The website is, and it's Brittany, it's spelled B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. Her last name is spelled H-E-B-E-R-T.com. That's her uh, main website, which talks about Brittany herself. And then for the organization, there's also skyhighshoot.org. She has a LinkedIn profile. She's on YouTube. She has two Twitter handles, which is at Sky High Shoot and at Brit, B-R-I-T-T, Sky High. She is on Facebook with her own personal profile, um, as well as Sky High for St. Jude, along with Brittany. And is it Ebert or Hebert? How do you pronounce your last name? I don't want to it's, read that It's off. Cajun French. It's Bear. I know. It, no A-Bear. one gets it, but it's Got it. Bear. Got it. Mm-hmm. Brittany Bear. Yes, Sky High. And also on Instagram, she is herself, which is Brittany Bear, And then, of course, Sky High for St. Jude. Is there any place that I've missed you? Any other place where people can find you? That's it. I do have a public uh, figure page on Facebook, and it's just okay. Brittany Abair. Um So, okay. yeah, you can go in there and follow me on Facebook or follow the Instagram. But mm-hmm. ramping up the inspirational stuff coming out every week, and so uh, and we're going to start some video sessions very soon. So thanks so much, guys, and thank you so much, Sin, and thank you, Rain. Y'all are the best. Now, 
the last thing that we do on my show, in case you haven't listened to my show, is I get to take two minutes to tell the guests what I think of them. That would be you, Brittany. And the reason that I do this is twofold. First of all, it's the only part of my show that I don't write because uh, I'm a journalism major, so I love to just write, period. But this is completely unscripted. This is just from me to you. It's it's literal impressions that I get to the course of speaking to you, researching you, etc. And so people take it differently. Sometimes people cry. Sometimes people don't know what to say. It's it's kind of an interesting. It's my niche. One of the things that's unique to my show is I feel it's important. Even if I never talk to you again, you'll know specifically what I think of you. So here we go. Um, the first time that I was approached by Rain, um, I asked her, I said, why don't you send me over a roster of individuals that you feel would be good for my show? And she highlighted Sharon first, who I interviewed first, and then, of course, yourself. Um, we had a little slight delay in getting booked together, and now we are finally together. The three main things that stood about to me from you is the fact that you remain very true to yourself. And I say this because I've read all the different material. I've read your interviews. I've read the stuff on uh, Facebook and also on social media and your website. You're very true to who you are, which means the tomboy inside of the beautiful woman still exists. Why is that important? Because typically most tom girls, including my own daughter, who started out as a tomboy herself, stay true and devoted and dedicated and loyal and loving to the things and the people that they love so much. I knew from the get-go before I started to interview you that you would be that individual, that you would be that person who is dedicated and loyal and passionate and outspoken. In fact, those are a lot of the qualities that I have. I'm not a tomboy, but that's a lot of the qualities that I admire, that inspire me, that entertain me, that make me more motivated. You're a person who can walk into a room, put that beautiful smile on, and people will follow you anywhere. How do I know this? Because I've seen it, because I've heard it, and because you've proven it time and again, not just by your accolades, but by the fact that there are people all across the world, and including especially in Texas, that are moved by the fact that you take so much of your time and your trouble and your hard work and your heart to try to save lives. There is nothing to me that is more fundamentally impressive than someone who takes their passion and turns it into a purpose. You have many purposes, and I meant what I said. You are a true Barbie doll in every sense of the world. You shine and you glitter and and you just... You impress me so very much, and I have not even had the fortunate chance to meet you. My hope and my prayer for you is that God guides you in the right direction, continues to help you with your causes. If I can ever do anything for you, know that I will. If I can get to Texas in November, I will, um, because I'm a big proponent of when you come on my show, you're not just somebody that I fostered an interview for. You hopefully become my friend and my confidant, and I hope that I've done well for you. I hope that my audience listens and says, I want to know this girl as much as I do, because, Brittany, you're just you're absolutely beautiful inside and out. So thank you so much. Cynthia, That's what I think thank, of you. Oh, my, thank you, Sin. <laughs> I'm so, I don't well, even know. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Well, you know, and then they hear all this stuff, and they're like, oh, no, you can't stop doing radio. I, I think it's just a yeah, feel good. Yeah, please don't stop. I try to give a feel good. I, I try. No, you know, we'll see. You. We'll see how things go. I try very hard for my for my publicist and for the people that come on. And truly, if I've made a difference and, and I've brought some exposure to you and your cause, then more power to you. I, I, and I mean it. Use my platform anytime you would like, as long as it's around. Hopefully it'll be around past August. We'll see. Um, but like I said, it, it was a true joy. I can't thank you enough. And I'm sorry that I've kept you so long. Go move. I hope everything no. goes really well. Let me know if I can do anything. Please. You're the best. Well, just please, thank you know, you. stay in stay in touch and follow Sky High, and we'd be honored to have you in November. So please consider oh. it. Thank you. I will definitely do that. You stay in touch, like I said. I'll send you over the link in a couple hours, about 2 o'clock Central Standard Time. Just go do whatever you have to do. I'm so sorry, but I, th- I think we covered everything, and that's a good thing. So good luck. You're the best. Thank you. All right, honey. Have a great Take rest care. of the day. Okay, babe. Bye. You too, honey.
Brittany Abar told me that she wasn't fabulous, right? I know it was 90 minutes. I feel really bad. So sorry, Brittany. But you know what? I think we did a kick-ass interview, right? Not going to lie about that. One more time. Rain Hirsch, she's the man, a.k.a. the woman. And I mean that in the most loving sense. She is awesome with her clients. She's awesome with people like me. And I can't thank her enough for organizing and orchestrating this. So thank you, Rain. Absolutely. Out of the box media. So, Brittany Aver, one more time. On Twitter, it's at Sky High Shoot and also Britt, B-R-I-T-T, Sky High. She is on YouTube, LinkedIn. She has two websites, BrittanyAbear.com and SkyHighShoot.org. Instagram is Brittany Aver. Excuse me, Brittany M. My goodness, I think I can't even read my own writing here. I apologize. It's Brittany M. Aber and Sky High for St. Jude. And, of course, on Facebook, she mentioned she has a, uh, meaning her business page, which is Brittany Aber, and then Brittany Aber Sky High and Sky High for St. Jude. So thanks to Brittany again. Thanks to Rain, of course. Obviously, I want to remind everybody one more time. Tomorrow, I'm going to be on air at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time. We are interviewing John Yarrington, who, of course, is acting publisher at Response Magazine. It's not just a magazine. It's an actual media mogul, if you will. So we'll talk about all the different components. Thanks so much to Andrea Pass, who is, of course, with Marketing Maven for setting this particular interview up. I, as I mentioned, have an interview with my uh, laptop. That's right. I'm typing up 35 pages today. Yay! Can't wait to do all that writing. Yay. Again, thanks so much to everybody for letting me vent and listening to me. I really appreciate it. Um, Definitely, I do, more than you absolutely know. Thanks to everybody who listened in today, of course. Uh, Join us on air tomorrow. If you guys are looking for me tonight, there's a good likelihood uh, I may not make it to River Rhythms, but I can tell you I'll be at Moe's downtown because Scotty B is playing. So do your best tonight to either get over to the Bay, which is where Chris Pappas and Jeff Stoll are playing tonight from 6 to 8, or down at Moe's downtown, obviously, starting at, I want to say, 8 or 9. Don't quote me. Check Scotty B's page. You guys have a great afternoon. I'll talk to you tomorrow.